Welcome to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. And joining me to get you ready for NFL Week 15 action is senior NFL and sports betting writer from Yahoo Sports, Frank Schwab. You can follow him on Twitter, at Yahoo Schwab. Frank, great to have you back on the show. What's going on, man? It's Hey, we're almost to the end of the season. I, I, there, there are times, right? We didn't know we'd get to the end, but... I guess the finish line is pretty close. It is. And one thing that we will get into in this show is our mindset for betting these later season games, because so often we like to look for value. We like to bet gross teams, but guess what? Some of these teams or a lot of them are no longer in the playoff hunt. They're looking super gross. There's players you don't even know playing and you're like, well, how am I supposed to cap this from a betting perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, motivation becomes a huge deal right now. Injuries, like guys are just getting shut down. You're not going to bring back you know, Christian McCaffrey's might be a good example. Like, why would the Panthers bring him back at this point? Like, yeah, so you're going to see a ton of that. So being on top of the injury report is huge. And just, I, I really do think that also understanding what each team has to play for, like legitimately, you, you might go into a week, like, you know, a team might, uh, this this game doesn't mean that much to them, but next week is kind of their pseudo division championship game. You need to kind of understand all that when you go into these final few weeks. It it, it totally changes the the whole aspect of what you're doing. But here's the challenge in this: you you know who else also knows this? Las Vegas. Yes. So exactly. the people who are yeah, setting these no lines. Secrets. <laughs> right. So, and we'll talk about the Packers Carolina game on Saturday coming up, but you're right. It's like, Oh, Christian McCaffrey or someone like Julio Jones, you see him who's always dinged up and you're like, well, what does he have to play for? And I think it's so easy for us as fans to say, well, look at a team like the Falcons. They're no longer in the hunt to really make anything happen. It's yet another disappointing season. Julio's dinged up. They might as well just, completely pack up shop and be done. But guess what? There's a line on these games for a reason that builds that into account. Right. And you know, when I said that before about accounting for teams or what they have to play for, you can fade that too. You, you can say, you know, somebody might say, Oh, the, the Carolina Panthers have nothing to play for just for an example, but yet they're still professionals. They're still going out there. And if you watch the Panthers or any other, I, I, that's probably a bad example because they've been slumping lately. But if you watch some of these teams late in the year, they're still playing hard. There's, you know, you can tell which teams are have mailed it in for the off season because they've just had too many injuries or which teams are like, you know what? We're still professionals. We're still fighting for jobs. And you know, a team like Atlanta is a good, a good example. Raheem Morris. It, why would he sit Julio Jones? He's trying to get himself a job, right? Like, you know, so, you know, when we hear about, and we hear about tanking a lot, right? Like, but the truth is, Tanking might happen at like an organizational level. Like we're going to trade these five guys because we're not trying to field a great team. But the coaches, the players, they don't buy into that. Look how hard the Jets and Jaguars played two weeks ago where, you know, the casual fans looking saying, oh, my God, the Jets are trying to screw up the Trevor Lawrence pick. None of those players care about Trevor Lawrence. Greg Williams, I know everybody said, oh, he buzzer called that all out blitz on purpose. Greg Williams got fired the next day. He's not trying to lose his job for Trevor Lawrence. He doesn't care. So I think it's just all, you know, going into all of this. And, you know, if, if Team A has, oh, they have everything to play for, Team B has nothing to play for, and the line's inflated by a few points, you can take advantage of that too. It's just having the whole knowledge of what's going on in the NFL is so huge these past few weeks, these last few weeks. 
And speaking of Carolina, they would be a team. There is no way I would be fading from a motivation standpoint because guess what they have? A brand new head coach that has exceeded expectations on this season with a first-year quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, a team that you would see as on the come up, uh, another team that comes to mind for me, the Dallas Cowboys, one of the worst against the spread teams on the season. Everyone's like Mike McCarthy, get rid of him here. How do you think he wants to end this season? Do you think he wants the narrative to be that the Cowboys are dead last in the NFC East? No, but it's very easy for us to look at it and be like, do we really want to back Andy Dalton against a 49ers team? And I would really say, look at the coach, look at the situation. You nailed it with Raheem Morris in the Falcons. He's like, I'm going to try and win every single one of these games. Yeah, they're playoff games for him. And you're right. These are professionals. And uh, I remember something from back in the day that said, remember, there is always tape on every single person in the NFL. So there is an opportunity for every one of these players, free agents, um, non-drafted players who are now playing now. So speaking of the Jaguars, you look at James Robinson, who has just been an absolute stud for them. Well, you think that guy's giving up his opportunity to be good? No way. This is just the fandom in us speaking, which is something that we as sports betters really have to check ourselves with because are we allowing the narrative of fantasy football and everybody loving to hate on Andy Dalton cloud our judgment from the fact that the Cowboys are a team that is getting points at home against a 49ers team that you're like, what in the world's going on with them? Yeah. And the 49ers are honestly a great example of the opposite of, you know, we're playing hard and I'm not saying the 49ers aren't playing hard, but they've reached a breaking point in their season. And they've looked, I've faded them the past two weeks and it's been very successful. When you hear guys talking about, I don't want to be away from my family. We're, we're stuck in Arizona. That's a tough deal. And you can just, as a human being, handicap that, right? Like you could be like, yeah, would I really be that excited on a five and eight team to be going? I, I can't see my family. We're not at home. We're in a hotel all the time. Am I really going to be that fired up and play an NFL football game? Probably not. I, I mean, they might go out and blast the Cowboys because the Cowboys have a terrible, terrible defense, but it's something that, you know, I, I think it's just a part of everything. Motivation is a big deal. You can't, I'm not a guy. I love numbers. I love analytics. But I'm not a guy who just looks at the spreadsheet and says, oh, they're favored by this. The line is this. There's a two point gap. I'm going to take that value. I think you need to look at everything and motivation. And especially at this point in the year is a huge deal. And sometimes it's tough to get in guys heads. You don't know necessarily just because a team plays bad uh, last week doesn't mean they've given up. They might just had a bad day. But yet you're trying to figure this out because it's part of this puzzle that goes along with this really difficult hobby we have of betting the NFL. So if you wanted to actually try and solve or be more informed on this issue, you know what I would do? I would go to the local beat reporters for each of these different teams because they are the most likely to give you a clear view of what's actually going on. Of course, that means you either need to go to each of the individual beat writers for each of those teams and figure it out. Not likely to happen. Or you need to find somebody who knows all of that stuff and digests it and aggregates it for you to say, listen, here's what we're hearing about what's really going on with these teams because the beat writers feel a greater pulse for the team because they're on it on a daily basis. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I covered, I was a beat writer for 10 years and covered the Packers and the Broncos. And yeah, you, you know, you're in that lot. I mean, it might be different this year. You, maybe you don't get this on zoom. I'm not sure. It's, I've never been in that spot, but when, you know, general in a normal year, when you're in a locker room every day, you can tell, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard for those guys to, to hide it. I, I mean, it, you kind of can get a sense of a team and how, you know, how, how they're doing and whatnot. 
I think that's a great, a great idea of just, yeah, pay, pay a lot of attention to these guys who are covering the team every day. They, they have their finger on what's going on. Even though, Frank, what we're really speaking to, the majority of the people, they're not going to every single beat writer to look at this because, let's get real, we're sports bettors. So we will make irrational picks at the blink of an eye because I don't have action on the game. So that's why we're trying to make people more informed with the process to say, listen, if we're not going to go do the deep dive, let's at least try and evaluate how we can best do this. So I'm curious to dig a little bit deeper into your mindset right now. So we're in week 15. We've got three weeks remaining in the NFL. NFL season what other things are on your radar for how you are evaluating these lines in terms of who's favored like road dogs or home favors or things like that what's coming into your mindset right now and I think one thing that this is so obvious I feel dumb even saying it but weather you you have to know the weather situations in all these games it's you know not necessarily when teams are playing Florida or California but look up the is it going to be windy like crazy in green bay on saturday then you know you might want to look at the underdog because it's gonna be a low scoring game that is it almost has to be part of the the whole deal that that almost has to be the number one step for you every week it's like is there going to be a weather issue especially wind wind is the one thing look snow unless it's like you know 12 inches of snow like you know the 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 lions eagles game like eight years ago unless it's a game like that it's a little bit of snow is not gonna really kill you one way or another but the wind we saw that in a couple cleveland games where it's just these offenses can't function so definitely take a look at that and then just other than that it's just you know the injuries are a huge deal Uh, are these guys pushing back matthew stafford's a good example for this week Mm -hmm. like even if he plays he's gonna be really beat up and why would he play why why right now would the Detroit Lions put him out there? And I know Daryl Bevel's trying to win games and, and make an impression, but getting out of the Lions now, I, I, I don't think you're going to see Matthew Stafford on Sunday. That's, that's something you got to really look at. I look at the standings a lot. You look at revenge angles because you got rematches. You know, I, I, that's one reason I kind of like the Browns on Monday night. Didn't really work out that well in the end, but the Browns had a lot to play for because they kept hearing all about week one and how they got blown out by a good team and how they're a paper tiger. So it's just all these things late in the year. And, and, you know, and it's tough. I mean, we like to put a lot of effort into this. I know there's a lot of casual betters just want action. And I do that too. I'm not saying that, but you know, this time of year, Christmas is coming up and you got all these things going on. There's a lot of reasons to be distracted. So you really got to bear down and, and figure out some of these angles. Cause, cause they're sometimes hard to get. I, everybody bets the NFL. You're not, this isn't betting big sky basketball. I mean, everybody's on this. The lines are tight. And you really have to know if you have if, if you think you have any edge, like like I I, I was really on you know fading the 49ers past couple of weeks because you just read some of their stuff from the beat writers like talk about you read some of their quotes about how they're really not happy to, to be in Arizona. If you can fade them on that angle, then do so and maybe you'll win a couple of bets. So I love what you said there about knowing that the holidays are coming up because when I've looked at the weeks in which I have the biggest challenge or variance in my results. You know what it comes down to? My process or a lack thereof. I'm someone who listens to a lot of podcasts. I love sports. I love sports betting. Just, I want to soak up as much of it as possible. But so often I think around Thanksgiving where I wasn't able to listen to my same podcast like I normally would to get the information like I normally would. So I wasn't as informed of a better. So then when this when the picks came and it was time for it, maybe I'm relying a little bit too much on Sunday as opposed to the things that I would be looking at 
closer to the beginning of the week. And why is that of note? Because once Sunday comes, everything's all shiny and sexy. You're like, oh my God, I haven't done this. I haven't done this. But on Wednesday, we're a little bit more pragmatic about it. But here's the thing. And we were actually talking about this before we started recording. I'm curious if you can give some thoughts on, we both create sports betting content on Wednesday. It's great because you can get an insight into how we're thinking or what we're looking at from a sports betting perspective. But here's a challenge on this. You know how difficult it is for us to give accurate representation of what we're thinking and feeling for doing picks when we don't have all of the information. We don't know if Julio Jones is playing or Matthew Stafford's playing. Right. We don't know if all of a sudden Miles Gaskin comes out with COVID one day before the game happens. Uh, a lot of times I'm looking at a number. So I'll talk about it later on in the show. Like you look at the Colts taking on the Texans. Uh, you see a lot of seven and a half, but I saw a seven. So I'm like, boom, if I like the Colts, I want to jump on that seven until all of a sudden you get later on in the week and you find out what if Jonathan Taylor and Phil Rivers are out. And now all of a sudden this pick that I really liked, well, I put it on wax on Wednesday, but the things have changed. So it's one of the biggest challenges we have in doing this podcast. I'm curious your thoughts on that. Yeah. And, and this year is unlike any other, I, I think in past years, at least this is what I remember. Maybe my memory is bad, but if you, you knew a couple injury guys, like a Matthew Stafford's a great example. He's 50, 50 right now. Maybe I wait on that game until Saturday, Friday, when the injury report comes out, but mostly you knew there was not going to be some random injury on a Thursday. That's just pretty rare in the NFL. It happens, but it's pretty rare. If, if you really like the Colts, let's say, you know, before this year, if you like the Colts on Wednesday and you know, their injury reports pretty clean, you can bet them with confidence that it's going to stay that way. But here we got the, the, the whole situation with COVID this year changes everything. Like I guess uh, there was a Saturday, you know, night a couple of weeks ago when we're like, Oh my God, the Denver Broncos aren't going to play the quarterback tomorrow. What do we do? Like, I had, you know, I waited on the saints. I, I just was, I, I think I was just waiting on a line change there, waiting for it to go down. And all of a sudden it's like, I, I got to take the saints even at 14 or 15 or whatever it was. I gave up seven points of value because I was waiting and it's just, how do you, you know, how do you judge some of these things? The Ravens are a great example. I took the Ravens, their game at uh, Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago. I took them right away early in the week because I thought there was going to be an overreaction of the Ravens. I thought you get their best effort. And then by like Tuesday afternoon, it's like, oh yeah, their entire team's on the COVID list. So it's, it's almost like you have to wait longer this year, which gives away a lot of value on line moves. But what else can you do? I mean, this, this whole like, you know, late in the week thing, it's, it's, un, it's not like I, I like to do, I don't like to do it, but then I look at some of these games and the lines I like and say, is this going to be the team I see on Sunday? And picking Wednesday this year has been awful for me. I, I was just, I put up my picks this morning and I, I, you know, I do my last week record last week I was five and 11, but you know, I'm in pools where I pick on Sunday, basically on, on Yahoo, the Yahoo pro football pick them. And it's all 16 games against the spread, just like I do for the column. But yet my records probably 15 games better because you have more information through the week. You have injury stuff. You have line moves you can check and, and figure out why that is. When I'm, when I'm picking games on Wednesday morning, I'm just kind of flying blind. And some of the games from last week, I was like, why did I pick that on Wednesday? Why, why did I pick the Raiders? Well, what was I thinking? Because by, by Sunday, I was all about the Colts. And be yet in my column, I think I had the Raiders. So it's like, it's one of those things where, yes, it is hard to produce this content on a Wednesday because by Sunday, your opinion is going to change, especially with NFL games, which are, you know, a lot of coin flips anyway. So that's actually a great segue. 
Let's look at last week, and it was not a good week for the podcast. We went 0-3. You mentioned the Raiders. We were on the Raiders because we got them at plus three, and they were trash. And we also look, the 49ers, I was on the 49ers being like, boom, big bounce back opportunity for them. Washington, big letdown factor. 49ers struggled the entire time. And then, of course, we had the Saints in our big Mick money line yeah. parlay. Well, boom. There goes all that. There's an 0-3 week for us right there. All of that's part of sports betting, as we both know, because we've had several weeks where we've been 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh with those picks. So it's inevitable that an 0-3 week is going to happen. But here's the key. What did I learn from last week? You know what I learned? Betting teams that I don't like or trust. And you know who that is? The Raiders. And I've probably mentioned this multiple times on the podcast, and it's extremely challenging when it comes to sports betting mindset because, one, there is very few teams that we can trust out there. So, for one point, the Raiders were darlings. Here they come. Everybody's digging them. I didn't really like the Raiders, but then you're like, well, really, is there something that I'm not seeing? And then you get on them, and they lose for three straight weeks. You look at a team like the Minnesota Vikings. All of a sudden, the narrative's like, Oh, they're so good right now, except for the fact that the people like us who, if you were on the Vikings any point in the last four weeks, guess what? They were 0-4 against the spread, but the media is like, here comes the Vikings. And I'm like, are you guys watching the same games that I am? Struggle with the Jaguars, struggle with the Cowboys, struggle with the Panthers, struggle with the Buccaneers. So it's hard when I don't trust a lot of teams. So when I throw a team like the Raiders in my picks and it doesn't win after the fact, I feel sick because I'm like, why did I do that to myself? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, and even like your Washington pick, which I was on Washington, you were on San Francisco. You easily tell yourself a story where if Washington doesn't score two defensive touchdowns, which are kind of fluky, like that's, that doesn't happen all the time, I guess. Yeah, you're handicapping your hands, Nick Mullins, and he makes a lot of mistakes, but still, two defensive touchdowns is hard to overcome. Or I was on Minnesota last week. I was one of those guys who mostly was a fade of the Buccaneers. I just don't really trust them right now, and I did think you know, Kirk Cousins can pass on them. And then I watched Dan Bailey miss four kicks. Well, okay, well, what can I do? Like, you know, there's, there's, I can't really handicap for that necessarily. So sometimes these games just frustrate you. Like the Chiefs, I was on the Chiefs. And they're up 10 late in the game and, and Miami gets a pass interference and they get close enough for a field goal on second down. Brian Flores does the right thing. Uh, strategically, he does the right thing. Sends out the field goal team. Let's kick the field goal first and then go over the onside. Well, for me, uh, it didn't work out. Like it's so you get, you start to, I think sometimes trick your mind into believing, Oh, I was on the right side. It's just these three play Dan Bailey screwed me. Or, you know, you, you have to figure out, was I really on the right side or was I not? Or was I listening to the right thing or the wrong thing? And it's just so hard because the NFL, is, I think it's by far the hardest sport to bet. I, I think it's by far just because it's so popular. It's so much in the spotlight. The lines are so tight. Again, a bit make my, you know, you could bet on a big sky basketball game. Those lines aren't tight. Like if you know the big sky basketball, I don't know big sky basketball, but if you do, you're, you can find an edge there that you are never going to find in the NFL. And it's why I have hammered home for going on two years now, the opportunities in live betting, because I was on a serious XM show that I was identifying live betting lines. And one of them that I was looking at, I was like, listen, everybody's on Minnesota, but I've been on them for three weeks and it's been a terrible experience. So I am looking to see what if Minnesota gets up in that game and you get Tampa instead of six and a half, what if you get that in three and a half and what happened? Boom. 
the Vikings go up six, nothing. There's that line movement right there. So you can use so much more of your intelligence as a sports better and a fantasy sports player in the live betting lines because, Oh, and I even tweeted this out. I always am tweeting out live betting stuff on my Twitter at Rob Cressy. Guess who got down by 10 points against the dolphins, the chiefs, they got to plus two and a half and plus money on the money line. That becomes an automatic autoplay, even though, and when you watch the beginning of that chiefs dolphins games, the chiefs looked all out of sorts. Mahomes gets a 30 yard sack. He's throwing interceptions. They look terrible. And you're like, this doesn't look very good for them, but as a sports better, I would much rather be holding a Chiefs money line or a Chiefs plus two and a half tickets than I would be a minus seven and a half, knowing that so much of the sharp money I was seeing last week was saying, listen, the Dolphins are the right side. The other half of me says, you don't get rich betting against the Chiefs. And just like you said, the margin of victory or defeat is as simple as Brian Flores kicking a field goal right. or deciding to go for it instead. That is literally a margin of like zero. Yeah. And that's why live betting and teasers. I, I get it. Like uh, totally. And I have a great live betting story though. This, this is, this is no fun by the way. So Sunday saw the Ravens at two and a half. I thought maybe that's going to go over a field goal. I'm going to take the Ravens. Browns go to three and a half on Monday. I'm like, I'm buying some of this back. So I had that great middle at three, but I, you know, I had a little more on the Ravens. When Lamar Jackson goes to the locker room, all of a sudden I start looking at live bets. And I found most of them was two and a half, two and a half, two and a half. One of the sites is why I have multiple outs. One of my sites had five and a half. I'm like, I'll take this. The, the Ravens are ready to punt. They're going three and out with Trace McSorley. As I was putting it in, I wasn't logged in. I had to log in. I'm like, okay, well, okay, let me log in. The line went from five and a half to four and a half. And now think about the end of the game, right? I was like, when is this game ever going to finish at five? The Ravens are up by six points. Of course, I'm going to take the Browns plus five and a half right now or four and a half right now. It's no difference between five and a half and four and a half. I ended up with the Browns plus four and a half. And then we all know how the end of it. So I, I had the middle perfectly. The three point Ravens win. And then that safety at the end. What you going to do? So when I think about me as a sports betting host and you as well, I really think it is about our ability to relate to the rest of the community that you and I both have things like that happen to us on a regular basis. We are, we are just like everybody else. We get bad beats. We make mistakes. We take teams that we don't like. We think we have a great middle opportunity. And then all of a sudden the worst bad beat in the world happens to us. But guess what? That's what I love about being a host because someone's listening to this right now and being like, I was on that side or I was on the opposite side of Frank and Oh, it feels so good or bad. Yeah. I was sitting here complaining about that bad beat, but on Saturday night, I'm watching USC somehow, some way cover three and a half points. It's like, they should never have been passing to the end zone at that point, but they did. They covered, you don't remember the, you don't remember the wins though. You don't the whole rounders quote. It's so true that no poker player remembers the great wins, but everybody remembers the great detail, the bad beats. And that's the same as us. It's, it, it happens all the time. I can, I can still tell you exactly where I was with Chris Duhon hit the half court shot against UConn. I can tell you exactly what I was doing, <laughs> where I was, how much money I had on UConn. It's, it's just that way. It happens all of us. Yeah, just like me, I remember back in the day when I had a first half bet on a Raiders-Chiefs game, and I was sitting there in money. I believe the Raiders had just scored. All they got to do is kick off. There's like one second left in the half, and what happened? Broncos ran that kickback for a touchdown, and I just <laughs> I just about passed out on my floor. I'm like, are you kidding me? How did that just happen? Like, sports bettors, you can tell 
because we remember those and it's part of it's part of it. It's great and horrible at the same time. Oh yeah. I, I remember a week and, uh, I, and like if I, if my memory's wrong and somebody wants to look those up and I'm wrong, that's yeah, fine. But the same week the Bartman game happened was the same week that Peyton Manning came back from 35, 14 down on Monday night football. I had the Buccaneers and the Cubs that week. That <laughs> I was, it was like either a week apart or something like that. And I was like, how could I possibly take these two beats Back to back, basically. It's 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 insane. 2003 is insane. So let's get to our NFL week 15 picks. And I'm going to start with pick a loser. Oh, what a loser. And our goal with this is to identify a losing bet. We're thinking differently about how we look at things. And I'm going to go back to the well on a team that was a pick a loser for me two weeks ago. My pick a loser this week is the Texans plus seven taken on the Colts. And it's for the exact same reason why it was two weeks ago, because this Texans team has nothing other than Deshaun Watson. And we know the Texans without Will Fuller are a drastically different offense than if they have him. And oh, by the way, Frank completely goes to our narrative because two weeks ago, the Texans are marching on the two yard line with less than a minute to go to score the game winning touchdown to go up by one. And instead they fumble Colts recover. They win by six and cover. So the margin of victory or defeat was literally on backdoor central for me, but guess what? This Colts team, they know where they're going. They, they have a goodish defense. I'm still not in love with the defense, despite what uh, the media narrative is, but this is more of a fade on the Texans. So for me, my pick a loser is the Texans plus seven. That's an interesting one. I, 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 I think I'm, I haven't decided yet, but I'm kind of leaning Texans just because of the line move the line move. The first they played two weeks ago, it was three and a half. Now it's seven and a half. There's no home field advantage anymore. So what, what caused that line move, especially when the Texans should have covered, I was on the Colts, but felt very, very lucky to get out of there with a win. My losing team this week is the Eagles. I think there's been an overreaction to them. I, I think that Jalen hurts played well, like he, he was fine, but th- was I like, Oh my goodness, uh, th- this guy's reinventing the NFL. No, he was, he was good. They really struggled in the second half. I, you know, if, if Taysom Hill doesn't hold the ball so long, I still think they say it's going to win that game. But so, and I do also subscribe to the theory of backing a team. It's first game with a new quarterback. I didn't do it with the Eagles last week. I should have because I think teams rally around a new quarterback, but that usually lasts one week. It doesn't last the rest of the season. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a letdown for the Eagles. We're a bad football team. And I think Arizona might be getting going a little bit. They did look really good against the Giants. Hassan Raddick had his great game. Maybe he can replace that Chandler Jones role that, that they've really missed. So give me the Eagles as my loser this week. I don't see why I'd really want to back them. And I'm glad that you identified this because this is a game that I wanted to jam with you about 90% of the money right now coming in on the Eagles, just 58% of the bets in the challenge. And all of this is Cliff Kingsbury as a favorite. I don't think there's a lot of trust. Uh, A few weeks ago, I had someone on the podcast who said, look at at the coach quarterback combination in terms of the bets that we're doing. And I looked at this and you're seeing, oh man, the Eagles plus six and a half or the Cardinals minus six and a half. I could make a great argument for either one of those. So you know what that says to me? You wait until the live betting line if you're going to have any action on this because I don't trust either one of these teams because the Eagles have had 8,000 opportunities to prove that they're good. Then they go ahead and they go and beat the Saints. But 
are we buying that team or Arizona until they win last week? They were left for dead for like four streaks, four weeks in a row because Kyler Murray's shoulders injured. So there's a whole bunch of, I have no idea what's going on in this game. Oh, I, and I get that. Uh, but when you say, you know, coach quarterback, I'm looking at Doug Peterson, who I think is just kind of still overrated from that Super Bowl. And then if Jay, Hey, Jalen hurts comes out and, he beats me again. All right. I'll tip my cap, but I, I don't know that he's there yet. I, I think that he's going to have some ups and downs and, and I'm willing to bet that this week is going to be a down. All right. So let's get to our get comfortable being uncomfortable bet of the week. And the goal of this is to identify a bet that doesn't exactly make us feel all warm and fuzzy inside because welcome to sports betting. You're not going to only bet the chiefs. So for me, I'm going to give this an uncomfortable scale of Sam Mills, a 51 out of 100. Give me the Panthers plus eight and a half on Saturday, taking on the Packers. And here's why. Because the Panthers are six and three against the spread as underdogs this year. They struggle more when they are a favorite. And with this, why do I feel uncomfortable? Because it's not comfortable betting against in the zone Aaron Rodgers. It's not comfortable betting against Aaron Jones, who can run for five touchdowns and at any moment's notice. So for me, give me the Panthers. Right now you're seeing eight and a halfs across the board. I'm actually going to hold off on betting on this because I did see some extra juice at one of the books towards the Packers, making me think, huh, does this number change to nine? But nonetheless, give me the Panthers plus eight and a half. That's an interesting angle on the underdog angle. I, I've kind of given up on the Panthers a little bit because their defense struggling so much, but that is something to think about. Absolutely. I, I, I might be with you on that. I'm going to have to look into that. I, I, you know, I even hate to speak this out loud. I hope you burn this tape <laughs> afterwards, but the jets at 17, I mean, at some point I just reach a point where anything over 14, I just kind of take the, the, the underdog. You almost just blindly, I don't care, but Boy, riding that Jets roller coaster for three hours is just not fun. You you might get blown out 40 to three like they did last week. Everybody knows that. The Rams are playing well. They're a good football team. But I do think the Rams are looking ahead. Week 16 is the NFC West Championship game for sure. The Jets before last week looked like they wanted to play hard. They they still have that, hey, we want to win a game type of feel to them. And last week just just fell apart from the beginning. And they kind of, you know, whatever. They, they got away from them. But this week, I could I could see them competing, and uh, it just it just hurts my soul to take the Jets. Though I mean it, it is so rough to watch that team. But seventeen, I, I think that line's just too high, and I got to do it. The good news for you is if you're doing an uncomfortable bet, Jared Goff being on the other side is a good <laughs> thing for you. So you never know what can happen. And so often with uncomfortable bets, it's the defensive touchdowns and the interceptions and the things you're like. How in the world is this happening? So I'm with you. At some point, you just play a number and you hope for the best. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like it was last year, the, the Patriots-Jets game, where I think the Jets had a return touchdown and stood them through a pick six, and you're just sitting there like, how on earth did the Jets cover that game? But they did so. Because it must have been like a 20-point spread or something, because I remember thinking, uh, you know, I remember tracking it and then thinking, how on earth did the Jets get home there? So let's get to our Big Mick Moneyline Parlay of the Week. I see they got the Big Mac. I got the Big Mick. And this is simple. Our goal is just to produce a winning Moneyline bet. And for me, I've got a four-teamer that pays minus 117. And I'm not trying to get cute because last week we did not get a victory. So I don't need to be all flashy with this one. And there's a lot of big spreads this week, so it seemed pretty easy. Give me the Colts 
the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Rams. So the Colts are taking on the Texans, Steelers taking on the Bengals, Ravens taking on the Jags, Rams taking on the Jets. So really in looking at this, the only single digit spread is the Colts. Could Deshaun Watson do something? Certainly. Is it comfortable betting on Phil Rivers? Zero percent. I've been both (laughs) against the Colts and for the Colts multiple times this year. And Phil Rivers down in any situation, not good. But guess what? They're a playoff team, and I believe they can find a way to beat the Texans because I'm also betting against the Texans, so let's run this party back. So give me the Colts, Steelers, Ravens, and Rams in my money line parlay. Yeah, I think you got to throw the Steelers on there, right? Like I I am too because this seems like a – Hey, we're gonna we're frustrated. We're sick of hearing how bad we are. We're just gonna take it out on the Bengals, who are just a terrible football team right now. So I think you throw the, the Steelers on there, and you, you feel pretty good if you're still alive going into Monday night. I, I really do like Indianapolis to win. I, even if I take uh, even if I take the, the Texans with seven, I don't see that Indianapolis team, which is playing really really well. Jonathan Taylor might have 200 yards. Uh, the Texans team can't stop anybody on the ground at all. I, give me the Chiefs too, just to bring the the odds uh, back to. A little bit uh, minus three there i think the chiefs are going to take care of business there's no one feel advantage anymore so i, I think we're almost you know conditioned to say oh the saints are at home you know i'm going to take them i'm going to give them a bump there's no bump in 2020 i i just don't see that anymore and i i really just i just i, I just think the chiefs get right i know they haven't covered a lot lately but that seems like one they're going to get home. And I also do like the 49ers. I think that they're another team that, even though I just talked about how down in the dumps they've been, I just don't have any trust in the Cowboys. I, I just don't – I don't trust the coaching staff. I don't trust the offensive line. I definitely don't trust the defense. I can see the 49ers rushing for 250 yards. I, I mean, we we saw the Cowboys get torched for 300 against the Ravens on the ground. Uh, 49ers, Kyle Shanahan's got to be saying, yeah, I, I'm just going to hand off it. I don't need Nick Mullins in this game. I'm just going to hand off every down and be fine. So give me those four teams. I, I think we're going to be safe on all of them. All right, cool. So we'll do a quick rapid fire here before we get out. Speaking of the Chiefs. 0-5 against the spread yeah. the last five games. So to me, you know what that's saying? My spider sense is up that this team for me is not my favorite to win the Super Bowl. Maybe from an odds perspective, they look the best, but I don't believe this team is not beatable because week after week, we're seeing them sort of struggle. And for a while it was, Hey, let's shoot holes in the Steelers who are undefeated And the chiefs are always the chiefs because you can see Tyreek Hill run for 800 touchdowns, but there's just something I remember. It's hard to go back to back. So just put that in the back of your mind that I'm seeing that this chiefs team, there's just something not the same. I'd agree. And, and the AFC is deep. I mean, I've been asked a couple of times, like, well, who do you think can knock off the chiefs? And you can go just about, you can make an argument for a few AFC teams. I think the bills clearly the way they're playing they're they're going to be able to stick in a game. I still think the Steelers are fine. They're going to figure out this offense. There's it, this is, you know, usually when we say like, Oh, this team's offense, this team's defense is just too far gone. It's because they got no talent. The Steelers got talent. They just, for some reason, they just decided to play this dink and dunk style. I think they're going to snap out of that and play better. I think teams like the Titans and Colts can give them a run too because if you think about what's going to beat the Chiefs, hey, can you hold the ball for 35 minutes, 38 minutes, 39 minutes? Yeah, the Titans and, and Colts sure can do that. So I think there's a, there's a few teams that are going to give the Chiefs a run. And I, I think on the NFC side, you know, why not Aaron Rodgers? I, I think that the Green Bay Packers are going to get the number one seed. I'm from Wisconsin originally. I know how awful it is in Green Bay in January. I think the, I think the Packers going to the Super Bowl, and 
uh, hey, if the Chiefs are there at the end, I think the Packers give them a shot. So the Chiefs are going to have to win three straight games to win the Super Bowl. And I guess I'd pick them. If you, if you told me I have to pick somebody at even money right now, yeah, sure, I'll pick the Chiefs because they're the favorites and they're 12-1 right now. But, yeah, they're beatable. I, I keep hearing how unbeatable the Chiefs are. Well, the Raiders got them. Raiders should have gotten twice. The Chargers almost got them. The, the, the Chiefs are very, very good, but they're not unbeatable. And I think there's a few teams that can get them. Okay, a few other things that stand out to me. Dolphins minus two taking on the Patriots. This, to me, just feels like a trap because right. these are teams going in two opposite directions. I want no part of this whatsoever because, one, I don't have any faith whatsoever in the Patriots. And then, two, on the Dolphins' side, it just seems too easy. And when all those things line up, no thank you. Yeah, I, I had to look at the injury report real quick. I was like, is Tua out? Is, you know, they had like COVID cases because it makes no sense for that line to be under three. I, the Patriots have just offensively, they've shown nothing. If they don't get special teams, big plays, which they can, it's it, it's a well-coached team and they're going to make plays like that. But I just don't trust it. And I know Belichick against a rookie quarterback's always been a good play, but uh, yeah, I've definitely not taken the Patriots. And like you said, it just feels too trappy to really invest too much in Dolphins. Another one, Bucks laying five and a half on the road, taking on the Falcons. I have zero faith whatsoever in the Falcons at all. Yeah. So what I would really be looking for is if the Falcons do end up showing up, I'll be looking to live bet Tampa in plus money or getting points if I can. So that's the only way I'm doing that. I don't want to be locked into one side whatsoever. I want to see value present itself, but it won't be on Atlanta. Yeah, great call there. I don't really like what I've seen out of the Falcons. I was on the Chargers last week, even off that ugly, ugly win loss against the Patriots. I said, you know what? I don't trust the Falcons at all. I just I just don't think they're a very good football team. Matt Ryan's not a good quarterback right now. He's got great guys to throw to, and he's just throwing bad picks, and he's not getting anything done on offense. And, yeah, it's either bucks or nothing for me. I, I could not stomach taking the Falcons right now. And like you said, live betting might be the way to go. If that, that line shrinks down to under, you know, maybe you can get plus money or even under three, I'd be pretty happy to take the bucks. And then last game, Seahawks laying five and a half, taking on Washington. And really, it's who's quarterback for Washington. Is it Alex Smith? Yeah. Is it Dwayne Haskins? That's a really big difference right there. And for me, I want to see this game with my eyes because – uh, Chase Young and that Washington defense has been straight fire. So we can see them engulf Russell Wilson, but at the same time, I want to live bet this because if all of a sudden Seattle gets down, I do like the opportunity of getting plus money or something better than five and a half on a Seahawks team against Washington. Yeah, and you look, I mean, last week, again, last week's Giants game was a great example of live betting. Once you see something, you can see Daniel Jones wasn't right. Like, you could see that. You might see that in the Washington game. I, I like Washington pre-flop. Like, I, I've just been riding them. I think Ron Rivera's a great coach. I guess team's playing really hard. I think Gibson will be back this week, which is a big deal for them. But you also fear when you make a, a pre-game bet like that, you, you look up and, and Alex Smith can't move, and all of a sudden – you know, here comes Dwayne Haskins, who I don't trust as much. So you might be able to look at the, the first few plays of that game and say, I'm not liking what I'm seeing out of Alex Smith if he starts. And I'm going the other way. I just don't think that they're going to get this done today. Frank, really enjoyed jamming with you. Where can everybody connect with you? I always, you said at the top, Twitter's the best, at Yahoo Schwab. And, you know, just right now, I've been writing about NBA this week now. It's, that's coming up. So we got more action coming. It's, it's a great time of year. All these sports converging. It's a lot of fun. And I want to hear from you. What is on your NFL Week 15 card? Do you have a pick a loser, uncomfortable bet, or big Mick Moneyline Parlay? 
You can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy. Make sure to use hashtag sharp 600 and be part of our community. And also make sure to tag at covers. And I say every week, if you give us a rating and review on iTunes, I will give you a shout out on the show. So I want to give a shout out to Joe Ace Adams gave us five stars says a must for NFL betting degenerates. Rob's a great presence and he consistently keeps betters informed on trends, his wins and losses. Joe Ace Adams, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing, rating and reviewing. And remember, if you want to be a sharp, don't be a square with your bankroll. Be disciplined with your money management. The Bocadella Devil hit you with the rap level of 10. The one, two, three, your pen. I get action. So everybody jump with your rope. If you like the way the sound pump, pump it in your black trunk. And let loose with the juice when I do rock. I'm too hot. Some say I got more juice than two.